Hello and welcome to another episode of How Are You Holding Up, a mental health podcast by the depressed for the depressed. I'm Chris. And I'm Lindsay. And the first question I want to ask is, Lindsay, how are you holding up? <laughs> I think I'm doing a little better than you today. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm I'm doing pretty well, guys. I feel uh, high in spirits. I do not feel um, any creeping depression. And so I feel very lucky and happy. How about you, Chris? How are you holding up? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm, I am sick <laughs> Yeah. for one. Uh, I also went out last night for a party and you were there and I may have imbibed a little harder than I had anticipated. I have to so say not like, only am yeah. I, yeah, not only am I sick, I'm also hungover. Uh, I feel like the hangover as you get older gets worse and unexpected. Um, you never know what's going to yeah. set it off. Yeah. So last night it was mold wine. That's that'll do it. Um, yeah. So hooray for me. Uh, I I am also just completely drained mentally and emotionally from everything from the last couple of weeks. And I'm ready for uh, a long sleep. Yeah. A very long sleep. But this week is going to be a very cool, chill week in terms of our podcast episode. Yes. So we were talking about how when we first started our healing journey, uh, Chris and I didn't realize that there were so many different types of therapies. And Mm -hmm. today we want to focus specifically on cognitive behavior therapy or CBT. Yes, we uh, we hope to do more episodes on different types of therapy as, you know, the episodes go on. We will visit others, but uh, CBT is probably the most common uh, and most utilized, I would say, uh, when it comes to talk therapy. yes <laughs> sorry i wasn't sure if you were going to continue on with your drain of thought <laughs> no 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 that i i should have just been like yeah that's that's, that's it <laughs> yeah and before we get uh too far into this i just wanted to say that we are not um professional mental health professionals um and we are pulling information from various websites um as mm. well as experience and um and what we have discussed with other people who have been going through cognitive behavior therapy. So it can treat, uh, it's, it's pretty effective for depression and anxiety. Um, I know sometimes it can be used for alcohol and drug use problems, um, eating disorders and some other severe mental illnesses. Um, and it's Mm -hmm. based on several core principles. Um, one of them being psychological problems are based in part on faulty or unhelpful ways of thinking. And we've talked about that in the past mm-hmm. that, you know, you can really start down a bad path once you get triggered and then you start having really negative thought patterns um, and it can pull you into then poor behaviors. Um, yeah. 
they actually specifically call out a what is the cognitive behavioral triangle, which is uh, a fascinating little little graph, basically that our thoughts, uh, what we think affects how we feel and act, and similarly how we feel affects what we think and do, and how we and what we do affects how we think and feel. Everything is all interconnected, and it's kind of hard to figure out what, if any, is the particularly naughty part of the process. <laughs> yes, because they, it, it's the belief of CBT that people who are suffering from psychological problems can learn better ways of coping with them, and they can relieve their symptoms um, and become more effective in living their lives. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So, Chris, have you ever done CBT besides... therapy? Oh yeah, no. I was gonna say, uh, yeah, I've I've done it briefly. I have uh, I had a therapist who was a big proponent in CBT, and I was more than happy to try and go through it. Uh, but then I stopped seeing that therapist because I couldn't afford them anymore. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't realize that what I was doing with one of my therapists was CBT until I found, I've kept all of my worksheets um, that I did in different therapies. And one of them was like a, um, like a chart. And so it'd be like, what am I thinking? What was my behavior because of that thought? How do I feel? You know, that kind of thing. And trying to break mm -hmm. down, like, because I'm, I think that my partner is being rude to me. I'm going to withdraw my, I feel like I'm withdrawing my affection because I withdraw my affection. It creates, you know, stress. Something, I think it was some, something like that. That sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it also uh, for, for the CBT stuff is it's learned behavior. Yeah. We are often put into situations where, you know, we're trying to survive whatever situation we're in. And so we will adopt the behavior that most eases the path to successful peace. Yeah, it doesn't focus as much on what has led up to their difficulties. It's more like it's focused on the current life and mm -hmm. changing how you process it, which I think yes. can be really effective. And it's a shorter term therapy. It's not something that you're supposed to, I don't believe, do for years and years and years. It's something to sort of help you look at how you're functioning. Um, I like to think of us all as little computers running around and some of us have some malware on us and <laughs> we need to, <laughs> you know, get rid of our bugs. I was going to say that sounds like a perfect analogy of, <laughs> of negative self-talk is just a virus going through our system. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so, it's so nasty. There's a lot uh, of, I, did you do homework with yours? Do you remember? Cause I know, I remember I had a lot of like homework exercises outside of the sessions. I I had a couple of worksheets um, and I sucked at doing them because <laughs> I was so neck deep in my self-hatred that I was like, yeah, I'll get to it. Yeah. And I, and I didn't. So, um, but I do remember a lot of the things about it, like uh, specifically the different ways to try changing thinking patterns, like recognizing our distortions mm -hmm. and 
kind of seeing them in a less extreme light because a lot of how I was processing things was very black and white and there was no gray in between, which people aren't that way. We don't think in just black and white. Typically we often think in various shades of gray. Yeah, one of the uh, behavioral activities, it was like five co- uh, behavioral activities. You can probably find it on on Google pretty fast. There was, I think, number one was mindful meditation. So you're supposed to take a moment and ground yourself in the present. Um, uh, one of the things is successful or successive approximation. So breaking up large tasks into a smaller steps and makes it easier to accomplish. Because I know for me, there's a lot of like, oh God, I have to do all of this stuff. And then I would get so overwhelmed and I would like hate myself for not having done it sooner. And then instead of mm-hmm. like getting through things, I would just kind of sit on the floor and zone out because I get the brain fog when I get too stressed. And then I would just like sit there and zone out and do nothing. Nothing would get accomplished. Yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> um, another oh one was God. writing self-statements to counteract negative thoughts. So you have to like write down the complete opposite of your automatic negative thought. So it's like, oh, man, I'm the worst at cooking. It's like, I'm the best at cooking. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just a little bit of uh, just reverse psychology almost. You get, and it's. I think it's stupid how much power your thought process has over your well-being emotionally. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess logically, Absolutely. when you say it out loud, it makes sense. But when I when I was like, wow, I constantly am saying terrible things to myself and tearing myself down, and I hate myself. Oh. <laughs> um, oh another hey. yeah. Another activity was to visualize the best parts of your day. I think that that's like, again, kind of practicing a little bit of gratitude. And so trying to focus on the positive. I know for me, and I still have a hard time doing this, is I cling to the negative. And some of my mm-hmm. most vivid memories are negative memories. I think everybody has that to some extent. Sure. So when all you have of your memories are negative and your day, the highlights are negative, and you don't actively focus mm. on working that mind muscle of thinking of positive things. It's easy to see why you're like living in a storm cloud, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the more interesting things that I did learn uh, was there was a number of relationships that I was in where the whole walking on eggshells thing was such a you know big part of it that I would often assume the worst of any situation. Like it would keep me from telling things to my partner uh, because I would fear repercussions for it. Yeah. And as a result, it definitely like set me up for situations that I honestly would, I, I, I just wouldn't want to take part in. And my therapist would be like, okay, well, why do you think it's going to be so bad? And I'd say, well, I can already hear what's going to happen. I can hear the, I can hear the reaction. I'm making up my partner's reaction in my head. I have no idea that this is how they're going to react. I'm just assuming. Yeah. And it is, 
that's that's one of the things they teach you uh, not to do. Uh, is just you you don't know what their mind is. There may be experiential data, like data, or just like you know in the past how that's happened, but there if you're with a new partner for example and you're using old partner examples it doesn't make sense they're I not did the that same person a lot in my um i had a lot of toxic thought patterns and it created extremely negative interactions with my partners um i actually pulled up mm-hmm. an example here for you guys i don't know if um I know that this is like so, so typical for, or it was so typical for me. So this is a fictional character and um, the, the background is Helen is waiting for her husband to call her. He said he'd call her at 8 PM. It's 8 35 and he hasn't called. So response a, her thoughts are he's angry with me. He's seeing someone else and he wants to leave me. Something terrible has happened. He never calls when he says he will. He doesn't love me. I'm not good enough. No one likes me. I'm going to be lonely forever. The behavior becomes she's crying. She goes to bed in despair, angry and slammed the doors, fidgety, restless, calls him over and over. And the feelings, of course, are sad, depressed, fearful, anxious, angry, uh, hopeless, and stomach in knots, can't eat. And that was something that would happen over and over and over again to me. The response B is the positive, of course, and it's her thoughts are something came up and he will call when he can. He innocently forgot. He misplaced his phone. The battery ran low, etc. cetera. Uh, he has a lot of work to do. It took longer than he expected. And then her behavior because of those thoughts are she only calls once or twice and leaves a message, goes on with her regular routine, calls a friend, watches TV shows. And her feelings are mildly concerned for his welfare, slightly annoyed, no strong or disturbing feelings of physical reaction. So the the point of CBT isn't to completely eliminate negative feelings. Like, of course, you're going to be, oh, I hope he's okay. You know, usually he calls, um, but it's not going to completely ruin her evening. And then by the time he gets home, she's so worked up. He's like, oh, crap, I just I forgot my bad, you know. <laughs> and so for me, yeah. I would go on these like re- so this is what I, I did once. And this is really embarrassing. And I haven't told anybody <laughs> except for my sister. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I had been cheated on a few times in past relationships and I got together with someone new and I was I spent the night at his house and he left for, for work and I was sitting there and this um. Okay, let's let's go through it the way the CB, CBT would do it. So my thoughts were, I don't think he loves me. And then the thought was, I wonder why there was a blanket out on the couch. I bet he's cheating on me. And so then the behavior was, I went through his drawers and found condoms. And I went under his bed and I found a ripped open condom, which we hadn't been using. It wasn't one of ours. It was old. And then... So, of course, my feeling was anxious, fearful, stressed, um, upset. And I, like, took pictures of the condoms to make sure, like, to start counting them down to see if he was, like, having somebody over on the nights that I wasn't there. I mean, it was – I was acting like a crazy person. He hadn't done anything Mm -hmm. specifically that would have warranted that. It was just because I had gone through some traumas and I hadn't – healed from them 
and I was doing some really negative stuff. And it was learned from my mother. Um, it was it was taught to me that you can't trust your partner. Um, you have to try to catch them doing something uh, to keep yourself right. safe, you know, and protect yourself. So I think that was really interesting for me to like look back now because my current partner, I've never gone through his phone. I'm sure you guys, some of you have experienced that either being the one who's so upset and anxious, you go through your partner's phone or having somebody break your trust and go through like your girlfriend or boyfriend went through your phone and that wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, okay. Um, because when you're looking for something that right there is already kind of a weird, icky feeling. I wouldn't ever go through yeah. my partner's phone expecting something at this point. And if you're starting to feel that way, then I think looking at yourself as well. I mean, sometimes it's warranted, but sure. I don't think all the time. <laughs> Most of the time it really isn't. I mean, ultimately at that point, it's it's a communication breakdown first and foremost, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's something that is just missing from the communication between partners when there's distrust and there's concern of disloyalty or anything like that. You have to just speak up and say, hey, I'm feeling kind of shit that I'm feeling this way. I just need some reassurance. Yes. And I think the thing was with that partner, we were really not good communicators with each other. He um, was uncomfortable talking about feelings. Mm -hmm. And if your partner's uncomfortable talking about feelings, that can be incredibly difficult to overcome because you've got to be able to communicate, I think, about pretty much anything if you want your partnership to flourish. Yeah. And be comfy. No, absolutely. So that's is there any cognitive behavior say, therapy? <laughs> yeah, I know. Is um, there anything else like in terms of uh, like how how would the best how would you best breach to a therapist that you were interested in doing this therapy? Is it just hey, I've heard about cognitive behavioral therapy. Do you do you do that? I think so. I think that's what I would do. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I think most uh, there are. I believe I like to be wrong on this, but I believe there are therapists who are specifically cognitive yeah. behavior therapists. That's that's their main gig. Yeah. yeah. If you go through your whatever method it is that you are looking for a therapist uh, through, whether it's, you know, psychology today or your health insurance or yada, yada, yada. Um, you can typically filter uh, if they do CBT or whatever therapy you're most interested in. So that's convenient. Yes. And I, and I recommend it. I recommend if you are serious about your healing journey and taking um, control of whatever you're dealing with, trying out different things and seeing if they help. I, I think for myself, doing a little bit of this and that has been paramount in my growth and change. And it's taken years but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of us have still got miles to go before we are back to how we would like to be. I, I mean, so maybe we'll keep up that good fight. Yeah. You've got to not think about it as like going back to being anything, but be moving forward and being something better and new. That's, that's a much better, that's a much healthier way of looking at it for sure. <laughs> So on that note, thank you guys so much for listening. Yes. 
As for us, follow us on Instagram at Hey Who Podcast, like our Facebook page, subscribe to the subreddit. If you want to support us directly, visit our Patreon, or if you want to send us something in the email, you can go ahead and email mailbag at howareyouholdingup.com. We appreciate you guys, and we hope you have a wonderful week. And as always, don't, don't tell, tell us, us to just get, get over it. it.